0: On today's show, I'm going to be talking to Brooklyn Batman. He's got a very provocative new video called Corona Killa, and it's from an EP called Dark Avenger. We're going to talk about that and maybe squeeze in some time, talk about his book, Seeds in the Concrete. And especially, this will be my favorite part, he will share some stories about the success of his tea tree infused face masks. So welcome to the show, Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah
1: how you doing how you doing man how you doing
0: doing good man hey how do you like to be referred to like the brooklyn batman they call, in brooklyn
1: they just call me batman i think anywhere outside of brooklyn
0: they call me brooklyn batman <laughs> so what's the evolution of that because i know when you did seeds in the concrete the book you you know you went by l Joe Vaughn. did that kind of evolve yeah like, l. Is brooklyn batman you're you're
1: yeah, is that like your musical persona, Brooklyn Batman? Yeah, it's, it's definitely my uh, music. Well, people was calling me Brooklyn Batman at that time. But as a writer, you know, I wanted people to get to know me as a my, my inner self. So L. Javon is like Bruce Wayne, you can say, you know. So L. Javon is, is, considered, is considered Bruce Wayne or B. Wayne. And then you got Brooklyn Batman, which is the Batman,
0: you know? Well, you seem to have your finger on the pulse, because like Batman, everyone's wearing a mask nowadays. You have a very stylized mask. I think I saw a picture of you with a double mask. You know, the eye mask is yeah, so, more of the coronavirus mask. So it seems very timely. And, you know, you, when you put out a song like Corona Killa, you know, in 2020, that, that packs a punch. You know what,
1: what's your message? You got going there. <laughs> well, my message in Corona Killer was that you know a lot of people was kind of you know very you know paranoid about you know the pandemic, which is true. It hurt, it hurt a lot of friends of mine, um, as you know, in the hip hop community. Uh, Fred the Godson was murdered from it. I Actually, was I was working with John ja Quay from Loving Hip Hop. Who was there to uh, donate some masks, and he was wondering we were supposed to give some while he was in the hospital to give to his friends and family that went to go visit him, and then he passed away. Um, it, and then you know, with the pandemic and the terror, you know, you see everybody wearing these plain masks. You know, I mix fashion with with awareness and health. So we have there's an there's a oil, there's an essential oil called tea tree, and I actually grew up in it because I was you know have a little bit of a the homes I was growing up in, and you know, when you were sick, mm-hmm. you would like take drops of uh, tea tree, oil, you would put it in the boiled water, and then when the steam from it, you will breathe it in, and it would like literally clear up your nostrils and, the, and, and 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 any type of mucus that's building up in the lungs. So if you look up tea tree, the reason why it helps because it helps increases the white blood cells in your body, as well as you know fight. Foreign invaders, viruses, germs, and bacteria that you could breathe in, and you could use it as an alcohol, you know, just or a hand sanitizer. So that's why the idea of uh, infusing a fabric as well as making a designer, because even with kids, kids don't want to walk around with a plain blue, you know, surgical mask, you know, you want a stylish mask. Mm-hmm. And then to make sure we protect people that's wearing the mask, it has the same polypropylene fabric as the canine masks have and the nose guard. So it's literally uh, used as well as a medical purpose, but made it fashionable, you know? So that was the idea of Corona Killer. And now when I dropped the music video, the music video is mostly, you know, about how not to be afraid of it, don't be paranoid, because when you, you know, mentally, when you are in fear, you know, you lower your immune system as well as your dieting. You know, you want to make sure you're eating the right things that boost your immune system. So I wanted to make a cool song that helped educated people at the same time, you know, so that's where Corona Killer came
0: from. Mm-hmm. So you have a very non-toxic approach, it sounds like, you know, the natural tea tree oil, just a very holistic way. I mean, do you consider yourself like, you know, a very natural, holistic living kind of guy?
1: Yeah, definitely am, you know. It is weird, much superheroes ain't vegan but I am. You know, uh just the reason why I'm vegan, you know, I don't know if <laughs> most superheroes ain't vegan but I am just based on, you know, doing research and trying to remain healthy. There's a uh I don't know if you're familiar with the the man, uh, Doctor Sabi. You familiar with him?
0: No, no, but but do tell, I'm intrigued.
1: Yeah, so guy this guy Doctor Sabi in court, actually proved, you know, to have a cure for all diseases. He had he had cured patients with AIDS, cured patients with herpes, cured patients patients with diabetes, cured patients with, you know, um, cancer, just with one simple method by changing their diet and um, keeping them from eating certain things and fasting because a lot of the foods that we're eating is not all natural. Um, and a lot of these foods are hybrid. So, you know, he, 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 he made this process on curing people based on the food that they ate. So I include, I included him inside my music because I figured like, Hey, you know, we change our diet and eat the, the natural foods from the earth and the herbs that we eat, you know, we can boost our immune system, strengthen strength our bones. Healed a lot of things, and and honestly, I actually healed my knee. I had like a low cartilage and, and nerve damage in my right knee, right? And it was and that was due to lack of um, certain minerals. And there's like a plant called sea moss, and it's big in Brooklyn. Everybody in Brooklyn, I don't know what it is, especially the Caribbeans. They eat sea moss, right? Sea moss is very big in uh, in Brooklyn, and it's starting to get more popular lately, but it's a natural plant that's that's from the uh, the Caribbean islands. But they're not only in Caribbean islands; they're in the bottom of certain seas, and some in Asia. And you eat the sea moss, and it kind of boosts your, you know, your immune system and help you rejuvenate, you know, your body and, and increase your white blood cells. And just me following, you know, the guy Dr. Save me, intrigued me, so I said, you know what, man, you know, hip hop is very kind of toxic, kind of negative sometimes. And um, so I was like, yo, let me put let me put something that's very thoughtful inside this song during the time that's very dark. People are losing their loved ones. People are wanting solutions. So I said, you know what? If we're going to make a song that's kind of cool and fun and trendy, it's educate them where they can actually help themselves, man. Just thinking about the, the community in that aspect.
0: Well, give me your thoughts on this, because, you know, you're you're on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. And what is the tone out there? Oh, I, I was in California out, last out month. There, yeah. But do, do you think people are reacting differently on the East Coast? Like, what's the tone of it out there today? Well, they're, well, well with corona, here's the thing. Corona is
1: still affected. It's very heavy out here. But here, here's the funny thing. This kind of proves my point. Everybody's distracted based on the protesting with the Black Lives Matter movement, right? You know, across the country, got mm-hmm. the pandemic of, you know, officers, uh, you know, yeah, illegally killing people. And um, it's not much racism in New York, you know, New York City. You know, maybe a little bit here and there, but not really, you know, because we're like a melting pot. We have all cultures here. But... You know, officers here are very aggressive in their tone um, based on certain mannerisms. So the whole distraction of the, you know, Black Lives Matter and the police reform and the politics distracted a lot of people with COVID, but people still are wearing their masks because of not going in the store. But there's no nobody really getting sick, not that I'm recognizing, because of the distraction of, you know, the the police brutality and things that's going on in the news, but COVID is still affecting people. But I think if there is a spread of COVID that's still going on because of the protesting, a lot of people is not social distancing because of the protests every day they're protesting and it's actually working because legislation is doing a lot of, uh, you know, police re- reforming and writing new laws for uh, procedures for the officers it's like mentally they're so far of not thinking about, you know, their 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 health and their awareness is not fully affecting them, you know. And that kind of reminds me of how, like, a person, let's uh, say a person, you know, you ever hear cases where people are walking the street and they might have affected with the HIV or the AIDS virus? They go get tested. You know, they look normal every day. They go get tested. But once they are aware of it, they get very depressed and suddenly, you know, they just start getting sick by the, by the minute, you know? It's kind of like a mental thing, you know? And I think that's my what what really is going on. And maybe the COVID is really spreading, and it's just because people are not aware of it or thinking about it, it's not affecting them as much, you know? But that's kind of back what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. Right, right. Well, it's so interesting to hear your perspective because there's a lot of emotion out there, and I think a lot of people just saying, oh, when is the government going to make a vaccine or a treatment? It sounds like you're really taking matters into your own hand and looking at an alternative that isn't so corporate, that isn't controlled by politics or a big corporation.
1: Yeah, man, because, you know, this? look, me during the COVID, I'll show you if you go on my Instagram, I done traveled. And honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. I think one time I actually caught Uh, Corona. I think maybe for four hours. I mean, I really, literally. I mean, I don't. I'm not scared a minute. This is about like in February. I caught it, and I and I was having a heavy cough, and I did have a little itchiness in my throat. But you know, I was kind of strong and healthy. But what happened was when I coughed, it was like a dark green fluid that came out, right? So I was like, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't really uh, like hurting too much. But it was just like when I coughed, I said, "Oh snap." I ate some sea moss. Uh, ate uh, my, uh, There's a there's a there's a, a seed called manga seeds. I ate some of that. Drank some sour sap tea for that night, and then I woke up in the morning, no cough, you or no sickness, and it was like back to normal, you know. But I think because of my body was so eating so healthy with the you know Dr. Sebi diet, veganism, things of that nature, it never really affected my body. So it made me feel so confident. That's why I went to go do the song, because I knew in my mind I, I probably did catch it. Maybe not. I never was tested, to be honest with you, you know? Um, and that's a good – that's a, that's one thing I do know that everybody's not getting tested unless they go to certain airports or they have a concern or they actually have a health issue where they have to go to the hospital, you know? But I never had, like, a health mm-hmm. issue to where I would need to be hospitalized and I think it's because of my diet, because I did catch a cough. I was tell, I was talk, I was talking to my, my one of my uh, designers, Peter. You know, I was telling him, I was like, Yo, P, I think I, I think something happened. You know, but he's like, Hey, don't tell nobody. You know, this is and this is <laughs> this is when the pandemic really really hit New York and everybody's in terror. So I didn't really want to tell anybody about that story and just see what happened to me first before I go. But I did keep my distance from certain people just to make sure that day and two days. But when I woke up the next day after I did the CMOS thing, you know, and the, and the soursop teeth, you know, it just kind of went away, the, 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 the cough, you know. But it literally was like four hours and I went to sleep after the tea and I woke up and that was it. But I think it's because of my diet is why my body was just fighting the invaders. So if it came to me, cause they say they usually don't have no symptoms for like a couple of days. You know,
0: if he came to me, right, right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Well, I just want to ask you this one serious question while we're talking about this, because it's refreshing to talk to somebody who has, you know, a, a holistic natural health approach. But I'd really love your opinion on. A big part of holistic health is, you know, meditating, calming your nerves, you know, being centered. And it seems like the media on a daily or even hourly basis, if you're online, is just giving us so much stress and so much doubt about our health right now. How do you, from a holistic standpoint, not get your body, you know, affected by all the stress that we're being fed constantly? Here's the thing. I'm
1: not gonna lie. I, I kind of move with, with 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 not too much fear and paranoia. And here's why. I think self education is important. You know, I might not know it all. And I'm always learning every day. But one thing I do know is my body and my psychological wealth. I'm I'm wealth. So I'm I'm always conscious of my surroundings and my energy. Who you talk to, who are you around, as well as the food that I'm eating. I'm very confident. I actually see my body. I even got young. One time when I, so I only been a vegan. I'm going to be honest. With you, I only literally be, been a vegan about 10 months now. And after the third month, well, and the type of vegan I am, I don't eat certain vegetables either. And I don't eat certain grains. Like the flowers I eat, I, the type of flour, and bread I, I mostly eat is spelt flour. So I'm always going to a lot of Jewish stores or I'm banking my, with my family, you know? And, Once I changed the diet, I even got younger. No, not to be bragging or nothing like that. I got younger, and then my friends were like, yo, you looking like a little boy. What's wrong with you? (laughs) I was like, yeah, but I'm starting to notice a difference. Like, my face started lifting up. I have less bags. My skin is always super clear. And, you know, the only problem I have right now, I need to consistently drink more water. But I am drinking juices and coconut water. But I need to drink more clear water. But I'm so busy, it's hard for me to keep up with the the one gallon water thing But I'm very conscious of the food But once I once I, And I don't know if it's the psychological Trickery of myself Because you know sometimes whatever you believe Kind of comes into reality Like if you believe you're healed Your body seems to kind of like Transform to healing But either way Once I changed my diet I 100% got super healthy Super strong Even when I work out My energy is different I'm always up I know I don't. I literally sleep like 4 to 5 hours a day cuz even though I'm running a business, you know, I you know super, super being a superhero is kind of hard work, you know. I got to be El Javon in the morning, then I got to be Batman at night. You know what I'm saying?
0: So <laughs> It's a lot. So what of work. is the message? <laughs> yeah, so so what is the overall message of the Batman? It sounds like you have have some strong message that you talk about through your music, through your writing. You know what do you stand for?
1: Well, I stand for that. So now call me crazy, maybe. But sometimes, how can I say? Like, let me just put it like this. All right, so I'm, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna try to be real brief with. I know I don't want to take too much of your time, but here's two things. Uh, my favorite superhero is Batman. Right, the only reason why is because he was always he remained human, never had super, never never was like Superman who was born an alien or had a freak accident that he just got superpowers. He was always human the whole time, right? And he was always motivated by one thing, pain, right? But him being motivated by pain, with the loss of his parents, you know, he was always very ambitious. You know, he wanted to stop crime. He to find the criminals or any type of criminal that uh, may have killed his parents. And he wouldn't want nobody, no, no, nobody like that to do that to anybody else. That's the whole story of Batman, right? That's kind of like me, but so, the difference between me and Batman is Batman wasn't born rich, right? Um, I mean, Batman was born rich. I wasn't born rich. Um, I have pain, too. Never saw my father, and my mother had schizophrenia based on a mental abuse and being, like, hospitalized from brain damage from a a boyfriend. So she kind of flipped on me, and I ended up going to foster care and always kind of feeling left out, led to the streets, led to the gang life, group homes, foster homes, to institutions, to parole, right? And all my long journey, I always wanted a better life, but I was misinformed. I always was ambitious as I got older, as I started learning that. My grandmother, before she died, she actually was a African-American stockbroker in a um, male-dominated force, you know? I didn't know that until later, but she died. My mother made bad decisions that led us into poverty, which I don't understand why, you know? But... Then I go while so it I'm sounds in
0: prison. Yeah, while you have a while I'm in prison point? I had a turning you know, you know what... yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, I had a I had a turning point. You know? And uh my you know, some and and, and yeah, I always I always was intelligent. Like I had signs of intelligence. Like I had one good foster mother, I still remember her name, Mrs. Ship, and she was trying to adopt me when I was in Milwaukee. I'ma be honest. I can't blame nobody else but myself. I messed that up. I was there for like a year. I ruined it. They had to send me back to New York because of my attitude, my anger problems, getting in trouble with the law while, you know, first year in high school. But I was intelligent because they would trick me. I was in a basketball team, <laughs> you know, and they, they forced me to go to school to stay on the basketball team and to end up being the top 10 percentile in math and science. So it was always, intelligence was always there in me. And I think it's, it's it's in a lot of people. They just never tapped into it or never put the effort. I think it is. I think intelligence is in everybody, actually. It's just more about the effort and the, the hunger and what's your why, what's your purpose, right? So, fast forward, you know, I had a habit of reading and always searching because of them. So, even when I was in prison, I did a lot of reading, did a lot of studying, did a lot of, like, analyzing and why I am today studying psych- psychological books, James Redfield, The Tenth Insider, Daniel Goleman by Emotional Intelligence. And then, of course, the, the famous Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. That's one of my favorite books. And then so forth and so forth so forth, you know. And uh, I feel like to, to make it out the life that I, I live, you have to be a superhero to actually, you know, come out mm-hmm. of the life, that I was, that I I went through, and the, the the trauma experience that I've been through growing up, to wanting the actual successful, abundant life, and then change your whole bloodline, you have to be superhero minded. And I think you know, studying the psychological books, and me being an artistic, being being artistic and and the an artist, I think the the Brooklyn Batman aspect and wearing the mask is is not just for entertainment. It's really for me to create a second person, a create a second life, a superhero, a hero that I really want to be to change my whole bloodline, my life, and, and the generation that, I, that is from, before me and pass down wealth to my kids and my son, you know? So, yeah, that's why I, I created the facade of Brooklyn Batman. You know,
0: based on your experience, what are your thoughts on prison reform? Is there a way where we can gear prisons to concentrate more on rehabilitation and training so when people get out, they have a better chance for a future?
1: Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So it's weird. Here's the, I, I'm kind of – here's the problem with this because I'm kind of double standard with this. Here's why. I have a friend named uh, – his nickname is Stackstone. He's, he's actually in a political uh, – uh, he's go, he, he he he's he's with the government changing some prison reforms. His name is Greg Russell, right? Um, he actually he, let me tell you about Greg Russell. Greg Russell, just a little bit. I'm, I know it's about me, but here's what helped me on my way. Um, he put me through a program when I came to prison called the Five Ventures. Shout out to the uh, Five to help me get business education when I came on, which eventually let me open in my business. Um, but he is challenging prison reform When he went in the box But the funny thing is Yes, there's certain things that should be changed About, you know, the box What I mean by box is called solitary confinement Like if you can, it's like jail for jail um, Some people are having suicidal thoughts Right? Some people are hanging themselves Some people go in, come out a better person Some people, most go in And come out of work, a bad person I think prison can be a good place depending on the programs that's in prison. Because, like me, I took prison and I turned it into into college because I was always reading a lot in the cell. Like I made something out of it, right? So it's still kind of like anybody else because even you could go outside from prison and still be in prison. There's some people that never been in jail and mentally are in prison, you know? So it's mm-hmm. kind of like I don't think I think what need to be changed not necessarily the prison system maybe maybe dieting I think the diet the food is getting them sick I think they need to change correction officers and and the same way this prison reform I mean police reform they need to be correction officer reform because Rikers Island is one of the worst prisons I mean one worst jails in the world not because of the inmates, is really because the officers, because they are allowing and antagonizing some of these violence, some of the violence, and some of the programs is limited. Mm-hmm. There should be college in jail if there's a 40th. You know, and there is some colleges, but still limited, you know, to a degree. They wait, They tell you you have to wait to go up north. What about the people that's on Rikers Island? They only allow them to get a GED. I think college should be on Rikers Island because there's are small towns. And that should lead, because if you have college in, like, Rikers Island in the county or at least college preparatory so when they go out they can finish college, that would keep them from coming mm-hmm. back to jail and getting a, create, creating a bigger crime. Because cause the, the real reason why people are committing crimes, most of them are nonviolent crimes, is because they're financially illiterate. Uh, they're financially illiterate, you know? They rob because they have no money. They sell drugs because they don't know other ways to get a job or start another business. They lack funding for their entrepreneurial ideas, you know?
0: Um, so that's, that's
1: a big what reason does, why uh, they need yeah. to have
0: more. Now that's interesting yeah. Yeah. about, especially your comment about the guards were so talking about police reform, but prison guards, that sounds like its own, you know, separate thing. But, um, I'm curious, because of the pressure, you know, you don't know the guards, how they're going to act to you, the confinement, the isolation. What, what does being in prison do to a person's mental health?
1: Yeah, it messes it up. Honestly, it does. I see a lot of people go in. i seen two things. Majority of people that come out from prison end up going back because when they go to jail, right, they get disconnected from their family, right? And mm-hmm. they have to start all over. And they have kind of nowhere to go, right? Then, because they don't trust the authorities, they don't trust none of the government institutions that's kind of there waiting for them to get on their feet, right? So they, the so only ones that's kind of successful coming out of jail is people that's superly, super, super, super strong-minded, and they have a burning passion to succeed, and that's kind of rare, you know? It is. It is kind of mm-hmm. rare for a person to have a burning passion, but at the same time, you know, at the same time, that's why I kind of like the republic, the, the Republican mindset that everybody is
0: responsible for their success, you know? Mm-hmm. So I
1: think
0: how did you how you know, like did you said, d- develop this resolve I mean it's you know a lot of people on paper would say well wow, you have all these strikes against you you know without your father and you know your mother handling her issues and all this where did that come from from you you know being in the foster care system a lot of people may have given up on you you know why did you not give up on yourself I think because you know I'm a
1: you might laugh, but honestly, sometimes the gang culture gives you this kind of like ambitious type of mindset. You know, when I mean by ambitious mindset, it's kind of like a competitive mindset. And honestly, to be in a gang is somewhat kind of. I'm not saying it's kind of like revolutionary. It's kind of like a soldier, right? You sign up for war, mm-hmm. right? You go, you're in the U.S. Army, and you're going to go all the way to Iraq, right? And you're going to defend your country. Mm -hmm. That's suicidal. You're putting your life on the line, right? Same thing with the gang culture. And in your mind, you're like, oh, I want to protect my community from these group of people, you know? But you're kind of still risking your life. What I did was I had that type of ambition, but kind of put it in a positive sense. Because you still have to believe yourself if you're gonna put your life on the line, right? All I did was just put mm-hmm. my life on life on the line for success, you know. That's why you will still have a lot of successful people coming out of prison and actually come home from prison and be more successful than people that never been to jail in their life. You know, I have a lot of friends, you know, Oren Bob, uh, you know, of course you got Rick R- Freeway Ross. A lot of people in the industry, you know, Meek Mills, another one, you know. They come to home from prison, starting businesses. There's a lot of people starting. And, and honestly, entrepreneurial, our, our entrepreneurship is like the main go-to for people coming out of prison because, you know, a lot of jobs are not hiring certain people with felonies. There's not a lot of opportunities there with felonies. So if you can't get a job, you're forced to create one, you
0: know. And mm-hmm. it's just people well, that just want this, a better life. This is life. intriguing. I, I, yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about this. We're not wrapping up yet, but uh, before, you know, we go into our last little section here, I want to make sure people know where to find you online and just learn about your music and your writing. hmm
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you, you can Google Brooklyn Batman. I have a lot of uh, links there. I'm on Amazon with my book, Season of Concrete. I have a lot of uh, articles, I mean, there are short stories that I wrote, as well as I have um, a couple of books I wanted to release, but I didn't want to release a book yet until I gained a little bit of momentum for Season of Concrete uh, because, um, you know, I'm just starting and humbly, you know, uh, do, working with uh, a couple of new people, you know, we'll be spreading the word, and this is why I'm here to talk to you. Um, and I appreciate it with my team. You know, Lisa Sparks, uh, Michael DeBarge, um, Will from T M I R, uh and, and and we just working, man. My sister, Giovanni, you know, my business partner Carrie Payne over there from The Truth, uh Emerge Sprinters, my my manager G S, you know, General Slim, my my, my tour manager, Augusta Clay. He has a good story too, and and just my street team, man. If it wasn't for them, believe you know, believing me. A 24k mixtape as well. Uh, my producers, Dre the Most, Super Dope, and Rick Rick Hers, These just just them helping me. I wouldn't never got this far to even talk to you without them. You know, Greg Russell that put me in this school uh, when when I came home. And funny thing is, he's a blood and I'm a crip. That's that's another story. <laughs> well, it's
0: nice to be reminded that, you know, it does take a team, you know, that you do need to, you know, work with people. It's not just, you know, it's the guy out there who gets, you know, all the attention because they're at the forefront. But, you know, teams of people make things happen. So it's, I, think, I think to your credit that you've assembled this great team and that you guys are working together so well. But I also have to add, when they're doing the search for you, it's easier to find stuff on you if when they put in Brooklyn Batman that they replaced the Mm -hmm. B's with the number eight, it's a lot easier to find your (laughs) stuff, which is is pretty cool and clever because, you know, but um, going into our final stretch, I want to talk a little bit more about what we were talking about. You know, I think, you know, I'm getting a, a better idea of, you know, who, you know, you are and your message, but I love this whole story of how you, embraced entrepreneurism and you know how you see that as such a positive force for people and i think now especially with people staying at home and losing jobs left and right it seems like a lot more people are saying hey i need to make my own job i can't rely on my old boss anymore
1: yeah i sold a, i sold a few thousand mats with uh and, but see what I learned that, like I said when I was, like I said when I did a lot of studying and reading, when there's a big when there's chaos or there's a big trauma in the country, that means that there's great opportunity, right? So that's what I was trained to think. so I was like, boom, damn, jobs is working, business is falling. hmm, all right, my products and services might not be you know wanting at this time. Or what products or services are, or maybe my service need to be targeted and reformed, you know, and there's always a major gap' Because everybody's in trauma, everybody's in need of some type of answer some some help, and you know I was trained you know which this is my goal or, you know a lifetime goal you know you if you could help a billion billion people, potentially you could be a billionaire, you know even if it's just one dollar, the price is one dollar or fifty cents. You know? So, you know, so
0: many people have ideas okay. like your masks and, and, you know, you innovating it with the tea tree oil, but so many people don't act upon it. W- what is it about you that what made you act on it? Was it just one day you said, you know what, no more thinking, I'm just going to dive in and start doing it?
1: Yeah. that I think that's part of being a superhero, I guess.
0: <laughs> no, nah, I'm just I'm just joking, but
1: no, just this—just having a, uh, this just, just having a, a, a will. Like I said, I have a, I have a hunger to live a better life than I was before. So I have more of a why. There's a, um, there's an author named Simon Sinek. You know, he has a book called Why. You know, and he talks about, you know, what's your purpose? What's your reason? You know, and I, I think that any human being could create anything great just as long as they have a reason to do it. Like, as long as they have a why. It's funny, there's a sufficient show that any man or any human being or any woman at the age of 25 and older, in order for them to, to how can I say, be able to change or change their way of thinking or break their habits for better, they have to go through a traumatic experience. Or they're mm-hmm. just people making the same habits. They have no why. So it's kind of like Make the perfect example: the the woman who's dating a man for five years, dated the man, had a baby with him at 20. Now, he's age 30, 10 years is in the game. But he's cheating, he's beating her up, and suddenly, when she has a child, she might not care about herself. But yesterday, the man actually hurts the daughter, her daughter. That's her life. That's her pressure. That's, that's something that she lives for. As soon as that happens, she changes immediately. She breaks up the relationship. She calls the cops. She gets arrested. She arrests the man. Now she's by herself. She goes out and goes back to school. She is, She starts a home business to generate more income because now she got to depend on herself to, versus the man that she was dependent on, you know? A traumatic mm-hmm. experience, her daughter with her wife, you know? You see that whole often, mm-hmm. you know, and and a lot of uh, and that's a lot of uh, that's 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 a story for a lot of single women, single parent women.
0: So what's your why now? What, what do you live for? What makes you motivated?
1: My kids.
0: how many kids do uh, you have?
1: I have two: Scotty and Xavier. You know, I, I definitely want mm-hmm. uh. I definitely want them to live a life that, uh, that I never had. Um, they're living a better life than I had now by far, but I still want more for them, you know, like way more. Like I want them to have the same training early, you know, I want them to make sure they go into a private school and high school, you know, my oldest is eight years old. Um, I want them to have business skills. I want them to learn everything that I know early. So they don't even have no inkling of going through what I went through. Still, I'm going to make it hard for them. And that's why it's going to be a positive, you know, I call it positive torture, you know, because there's nothing wrong with a little Mm -hmm. challenge, you know, in life. Um, Mm -hmm. Because either way, you know, you don't want them to ever become the person that's spoiled, you know, because that happens a lot too. You know, the, parents become successful, they come from humble beginnings, they're successful, and they think, oh, you know what, I'm just going to spoil my kids' rotten." And that's not really healthy, too, because when they get older, guess what, they're going to feel entitled. Um, you know, they, they're not going to, you know, work as much. So what happens when they grandkids, they have no real life skills to give to their to kids, and which is my grandkids, and so forth and so forth, you know?
0: You know, you didn't get to grow up with your father, but now you get to be a father to your sons. Th- does that help you heal some of those old wounds? Do you now get to be the father sure. that you wish you had?
1: For sure, by far, you know. That's why I said sometimes pain is kind of necessary for greatness or, you know, pain is c- can be something good because it gives you your why, you know. You know, and it's sad to say that you. This not That's not always the case because somebody might not have to go through a traumatic experience to do something great. They might just be in a competitive spirit, or they might just simply, yeah, the competitive spirit. They might just simply have a reason to just pass their bloodline down. You know, but either way, you know, pain is a is a is is a good enough gasoline. To drive you down the road of riches, you know.
0: One last question, and I could go on for hours. I I love hearing your your point of view, but so let's make this last one a good one, and it's a big one. But uh, who are your who are your idols? Who are the people that you look up to and that inspire you?
1: Uh, uh, Man Musa. Uh, of course, Jay Z, Fifty Cent, um, Byron Allen, uh, Steve Jobs. It's funny. I was in solitary confinement. I had a I had a big fight in the in prison and I had to do a hundred years. I mean, a hundred days in solitary confinement. And this specific jail didn't allow you to read books. Right? It's funny. I don't know what happened and two things happened A psychologist brought me out of my cell, right? And he just told me, hey, he said look, you have a lot of time but something told me to tell you this, your mind is a cup, but you put in your put when you put in your cup, the smell of it's gonna be your reality. She said I said, Yeah, yeah, your mind is a cup. You know, you put shit in your cup, you know, not the curse, you know, I might get from you know, but you put doodle in your cup. You know, the smell of it is gonna be, you know, your reality. You put fruit in your cup, the smell of it's gonna be like Your life. You know, there's a man named Steve Jobs. He gave me a a, a Forbes cover, Steve Jobs is a, is a magazine. He kind of snuck it to me at that time. Funny, that same month, that inspi we did a big writing. Uh, we wrote a lot of letters to like the governor, saying that this jail is not allowing us to read, and then they started giving us books. But that's another story. But he gave, he snuck a magazine to me with Steve Jobs on the cover. He said, hey, "Read this." So I'm reading them, and this is a time that Steve Jobs actually. Is, you know, he's, he's about to die, you know? And he wanted to start doing his autobiography. You know, after I read... All, I read every word on that article about Steve Jobs, and I learned that he was adopted. And he had... uh His his why was um that he just wanted to matter, right? He wanted to matter because, in his head, he don't understand why his parents would give him up. You know? So... All his life, he always was ambitious. You know, he was always ambitious to try to kind of prove that, and hence that's why he ended up starring Apple. You know, I just liked how wow. he was so mentally disciplined. You know, Steve Jobs. You know, I watched both his movies. He's he's an idol of mine, and he was a big fan of design. You know, great great with design. You know, I like I like what he do. He's very particular. Wow. You know. So yeah, Steve Jobs definitely my idol, and uh yeah, Steve that's
0: Jobs.
1: about it. You know, yeah, Steve
0: Jobs. Yeah. Well, well, well
1: Let of me tell Batman. you, uh,
0: we need a, we need we we need a. Right. Of course, Batman. Well, we need a follow-up because I could hear <laughs> many, many more of your stories. This is you just have such an interesting voice and, like I said, point of view and experience. But let me just wrap up by saying, the video. Corona Killa, it's on YouTube It's from an upcoming EP Dark Avenger Uh, The book, find it on Amazon Seeds in the Concrete When you see the book, it's by L. Jovan But we're talking to Brooklyn Batman, I have just really enjoyed talking To you, so um, Let's just make 2020 Who who knows where it's going to go, but I just Want to see, you know, more of your Output this year yeah, man, make sure, man. Don't
1: be a joker. Go get that. Go get that season of concrete. Stream up Corona Killer. Dark Avengers on his way, man. Don't be a joker. Get it. Bow.